Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show coming to you live, commercial-free, from my super-secret Batcave. Folks, we're back and back in the middle of greatness. First of all, I probably have said this before, but dang it all, I, I love my uh, intro. Very grateful, extremely grateful to... Uh, the good folks over at Invato uh, Elements, and more specifically, uh, the uh, creator of uh, the uh, theme, Texas Brothers. So, very grateful for that upfront. Grateful for you guys. I am now listened to. Holy smokes! I cannot believe this. I am listened to in twenty countries around the world. That is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> that is absolutely mind-blowing. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, believing in me. Thank you for uh, listening. And hey, let's just have some fun this week because we are just past the Royal Rumble. And WrestleMania is starting to get into focus as far as who is slotted where. And this is um, this is kind of a, a, a good sign. It's a very good sign. Because uh, the last couple of years now, mind you, yes, pandemic. But the last couple of years... They didn't really have a direction about WrestleMania until it got closer and closer. It was like, are you guys going to do something? Please tell me you're going to do something. What's what's happening here? And they've been able to pull off WrestleMania uh, 2020, 2021. One was at the Performance Center. One was at uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. And so they have been able, they mean WWE, has been uh, able to pull this off. But this year they've gone back, they've gone back to the future, if you will, and they've made uh, a lot of matches right up front. So we will get to all that. So give you guys a bit of a roadmap. Uh, going to uh, come back. Going to do uh, my uh, my usual uh, plugs, and then uh, we are doing uh, dark side of the ring. Uh, uh, <clears throat> me as well as the news uh, from the good folks over at Cultahawk. Very grateful for that. So, uh, stay tuned for the news uh, as as well. And then, in the uh, Wrestling Rewind, it is everything that happened after uh, the Royal Rumble. And I've got some thoughts about uh, NXT uh, just in general. But, that will be uh, in a bit. And uh, we'll be right back. Audio Jungle. 
All right, folks, so we are back uh, with the news. Very uh, grateful to the uh, good folks over at Cultaholic uh, for the use of uh, the news. Very grateful to them. Uh, cannot state that enough. So uh, very grateful. So uh, just a couple, two uh, quick uh, stories. Uh, one is, uh, Lita, uh, talking about, uh, her, uh, change of heart about Saudi Arabia. And then, uh, a, uh, very interesting and, and just bizarre story, uh, with Shane McMahon. Right. So, uh, let's start off with Lita. Uh, this is from, uh, Aiden Gibbons. And uh, the uh, title is uh, Lita Explains Why uh, She's Working uh, WWE's Upcoming Saudi Show Despite Past Criticism. Uh, so uh, Lita will compete uh, in her first singles match in 10 years on Saturday. So next Saturday uh, when she goes one-on-one uh, -on -one with Becky Lynch at WWE's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Uh, the event uh, is uh, set to take place in Jeddah, uh, Saudi Arabia, and the WWE Hall of Famer had previously been uh, critical of the company's relationship with the Middle Eastern nation, uh, saying uh, four years ago, 2018, quote, I understand uh, they're a business, a global, bu <laughs> global business, there we go, and... Uh, they are always looking to expand their uh, their um, global presence. However, I do feel that this was a direct conflict of interest with them maintaining any integrity or truth to the fact that they say that they would like to push forward women, uh, their roles, and their reputations in this business as anything resembling equal to a male. Quote, uh, make the money, that's fine. But don't try to cover it up. Don't say, no, we are doing this because uh, in the future we would like to help progress uh, their culture forward. No, you want the money, your business, and businesses make money. That's okay. From my perspective over here, I don't own your business. So uh, that you call... Um, or so that's your call. Uh, from a uh, PR perspective, uh, don't say you're doing uh, it because uh, we want to help progress that culture forward. No, it's a direct conflict of interest, in my opinion. So that's what she said. That's what Lita said four years ago. Now, uh, continuing on uh, with the uh, the uh, the article, uh, past criticism. Uh, Leah's match elimination chamber could be considered somewhat of a surprise, but the former women's champion uh, explained to ring the bell why uh, she was uh, performing in Jeddah uh, later in the month. Quote, so I will say that I was outspoken on my early uh, relationship between WWE and Saudi Arabia. Oh, they say they want women to wrestle over there, but like, I don't know. If I believe it, uh, there's no women on the card. Uh, there's women on the card 
and I've talked to women personally um, that have been over there, and they're like, it's unbelievable. There are women crying, never thinking that they would get to see two women be so strong uh, in the ring, Lita said. Uh, they're like, it's really powerful. You're going to enjoy that. And so, sure, do they have a long way to go? Do we as a society have a long way to go? Absolutely. But you've got to take the opportunities when they're there. 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, do I do I like the deal with Saudi Arabia? No, not even close. Because of the human rights and this and that and the other. But, Lita's right. If you have the opportunity to start to affect change, you don't balk at that opportunity. You go and you say, yep, I am doing this. I am going there to try to help bring um, things <clears throat> you know, forward. So, uh, there is that. <clears throat> and then the, uh, the other story is... The strange case of one Mr. Shane McMahon. Oh, Shane McMahon was apparently the lead producer of the Rumble. And that would, I mean, like I said last week, the Rumble was not good. It was it was not good at all. But now we know that Shane was the main producer and he tried to book himself to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, strong in the ring. Um I I think he ended up being, you know, final four. Um and People, including Vince, were not really uh, pleased with Shane's uh, attitude uh, backstage. And so Vince said, hey, I, I had no choice but to fire him. Well, it turns out a few days later, again, according to the good folks over at Call to Hawk, that Shane McMahon is still with WWE. <laughs> and that he... Um, you know, and that uh, he's now more in a, a, a backstage role, uh, more uh, along the lines of what Stephanie does, which is the marketing and the branding and you know and all that. Apparently, WWE has a a deal with a, a rugby team from South Africa, I believe it is. So, you know. There's there's certain things that you know he's you know he's doing that uh, Shane McMahon's doing without necessarily having his finger or his hand uh, I should say on the lever. So uh, we've got uh, that uh, going for us. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Shane. Excuse <coughs> me, uh, going forward. All right, that is the news coming up next. Dark Side of the Ring with the 
Double Life of Chris Canyon. Oh man, it it was it was heartbreaking. But we will get to that in just a moment. Uh, folks, we are back, and uh, that music means only one thing, and that is Dark Side of the Ring. This week, the double life of Chris Canyon. Oh, man, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking uh, to watch um, because uh, he delved into uh, depression, and uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, and Chris Canyon, for many, many years, uh, was trying to hide the fact that uh, he was openly uh, gay. And just the lengths that Chris Canyon would go to to try to cover his tracks is mind-blowing and it's heartbreaking. Um, this whole thing started uh, around 1994 and uh, Chris Canyon came in to uh, WCW as Mortis and, you know, he was a heck of a wrestler. Holy smokes. I mean, the, the stuff that he pulled off in and out of the ring is just absolutely flat-out amazing. I, I'm not just saying that. It really was. But, again, he had been struggling with his sexuality for uh, many, many years. And finally uh gets to you know or well and like I said you know he was he was going to all these lengths to try to cover you know cover sexuality apparently he uh had a bunch of uh uh tapes if you will uh with him that got thrown you know uh, out of a out of a u-haul when he was trying to you know pick up a box and um, he was trying to, he was trying to explain that away. Um, you know, just other things. And it was really sad because then 2006, excuse me, 2006, um, uh, Chris Canyon does openly come out. And it was like night and day, you know, mid nineties is just really awful, awful uh, stereotypes, tropes, all, all this other stuff about members of the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, I consider myself a part of that community. I, I consider myself to be, uh, an ally. So, uh, I, I am a, a proud uh, member of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. But I will say this. Um, it was just, it was it was not a good time in the early to mid 
90s. It, it, just, it just wasn't. But you fast forward to 2006 when Chris Cannon openly or, or, or comes out and says, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm a gay wrestler. And people just kind of shrug their shoulders, kind of like, cool, uh, cool, all right, cool. Because people, it, it didn't freak people out. People's minds had evolved, you know, enough on uh, the LGBTQ plus uh, community, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, to the point where people just kind of shrug their shoulders, kind of like, I'm cool. Oh, okay, great. Now, this is where this gets a little dicey. So I'm just just prefacing uh, uh, this um, by saying that Chris Canyon uh, went to WWE in his last uh, stint with WWE um, didn't go even close to according to 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 plan. Uh, they had a <clears throat> they had a spot where uh, uh, Chris Canyon was dressed up like Boy George. He was in a box, and you know Paul Heyman was trying to present. Uh, Undertaker, you know, with, you know, with that gift. And Chris Canyon came out and just really, uh, it, it was, it was humiliating. He was dressed up like Boy George and he was trying to, you know, do this really, um, just, uh, there's, there's no other term to use, but this really sissified version of the song, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? And it was, it was, oh, it was so bad. It was, it was not a great segment. Um, Undertaker beat the holy heck out of him. I hit him repeatedly with a steel chair. And um, hit Chris Canyon square, you know, on top of the head, and this was, you know, before we really knew about concussions, before we really knew about CTE, you know, and all that, it was an unprotected chair shot to the head. Now, am I blaming Undertaker for any of this, or Paul Heyman? No. I mean, in the context of the story at the time, it's not good what happened. But I, I, don't, I don't blame either one of them. I do think is that somebody in WWE thought that this was a good idea. I don't know who. I can't say who. But I will say that Chris Canyon was just treated horribly when he uh, went, you know, back to uh, WWE. And um, you throw in his bipolarism throwing his depression. Now, I don't know much about bipolarism. I could tell you a whole, from a, from personal experience, I could tell you a whole heck of a lot about, uh, about uh, depression. 
and uh, anxiety. I've made no bones about the fact that I take medication uh, every day, twice a day, to kind of even me out. Made no bones about that. But, uh, yeah, it was just heartbreaking. Um, it was really cool to see uh, the Young Bucks on there, to see Chris Jericho uh, doing some things. Seeing James Mitchell. I, that is a name you haven't heard in like a million years. James Mitchell, the sinister minister. It was it was cool seeing, you know, seeing him, um, and and I'm like, wow, that's James Mitchell. Whoa, I, it was it was it was very cool. It was it, he's got an epic epic uh, uh, goatee going on. Oh my gosh, he's got he's got some epic uh, facial hair. <laughs> Love it. It it is it is very cool, but. That that all side, um, this was a really just heartbreaking episode. If you are struggling with depression, anxiety, uh, any mental, um, you know, uh, mental uh, issue, if you are um, a member of the uh, LGBTQ plus community, but you um, are worried about, you know, uh, you know, coming out or, or whatever. I, you know, I, I wish I had numbers right, right in front of me. Um, but please, 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 please know that uh, we're here for you. Okay. We are here for you. Some people may not understand but there's a whole lot of people that will understand. Uh, without naming names, I know people in the mental health uh, profession. Seek them out. Talk to them. You you can you can you can you can get the solace, if you will, that 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 you're looking for. And you'll 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 find that people once you open up and everybody's um, situations are different. Everybody's you know uh, uh, you know uh, you know uh, uh, experiences are different. I get that, but in terms of um, in terms of having somebody come out and saying, you know what, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm, 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 I'm going to be there, you know, through thick, uh, through a thick and thin and you matter. See, that's the biggest message that I want to say. You matter. Everybody matters. Everybody does. You know, everybody has worth to them. Okay. So to me. Please go get the answers that you're looking for, okay? And really, really see, you know, what, what's, what's out there, 
Um, that's it. That's all I can say is, is, is there are people that are a lot smarter than me. And I promise you, I'm not trying to, you know, bash myself for nothing. Um, but there's people that are a lot smarter than myself. They're in the mental health business that are trained. Uh, I, again, no names, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, I know of people that deal with LGBTQ plus people, you know, uh, as, as, you know, main part of their practice. Um, very, very cool. Um, again, depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, whatever you are going through, please, please, please know that, there are people there that uh, are, are, are willing to uh, give you the tools that you need to succeed in life. You know, so that's all I'm going to say on that. So uh, we will be right back with the Wrestling Rewind. Do not go anywhere. All right, folks, we are back with the Wrestling Rewind, uh, and big, 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 big week, uh, this past week in the world of WWE. So, we started off on Raw, and Bobby Lashley seems to just be completely against this idea of being in the Elimination Chamber at, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, coming up. Uh, a week from tomorrow. I don't blame them. Five other guys? I mean, that the odds are stacked against them. So, mm, that, that I, I can totally understand. Uh, Brock Lesnar has some mic skills, yo. <laughs> and he picks Roman Reigns to be his opponent at WrestleMania. So, um... You know, it, it just it just feels like, um, you know, Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, he's another person that was not a great talker. He he wasn't sure really how to cut you know a good promo. And so, for the better part of twenty years, Paul Heyman pretty much did all the talking for him. Now, twenty years later. Brock Lesnar is, I, I would dare say, right now, 2022, okay, right now, 2022, Brock Lesnar is top five promo on the planet, top five. He's funny, he's engaging, uh, he gets his point across, and I, I just really, mm, this is the Brock Lesnar that I wanted to see five years ago. This is the Brock Lesnar that I wanted to see ten years ago. We didn't get that. We didn't get that. But I tell you, right now, this is the best version of Brock Lesnar because he's confident on on the mic. He he gets his point across. 
and he's just a total bad A. <laughs> you know, he's a complete bad A. So, uh, there's that. Uh, why on this green earth isn't WWE booking Rhea Ripley right? And by right, I, I mean, she's going up against Nikki A.S.H., I uh, let me let me say that again. Rhea Ripley, one of the most dominant forces in NXT UK, comes over to NXT here in the states. Total bad, a total just you know, just butt kicking, you know, uh, just you know, amazing, and. Now she's on Raw and she's bumping for Nikki A.S.H. No offense to Nikki. I think Nikki's a great wrestler. I think Nikki is a great personality. I love Nikki A.S.H. figuratively. Uh, but, gee, many Christmas. I, I mean, uh, Rhea Ripley, I mean, she has fallen so far down the card. I mean... She goes into WrestleMania two years ago against Charlotte Flair. And they brought Charlotte Flair down to NXT uh, because, you know, it was the break glass, you know, in case of emergency type thing. Because NXT was going up against AEW at the time and WWE panicked and they said, oh, we're going to bring Charlotte in. And that kind of sort of worked for a bit. But uh, you want to talk about burying uh, Rhea Ripley. I, I just, I was really upset about that. Um, so, <clears throat> I tell you, um, I wish WWE would be pushing Rhea. Um, because I, I believe she is the future of, of the women's, you know, business. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know if y'all are enjoying uh, the uh, contests. And I'm doing the whole air quotes thing. Contests uh, between the Alpha Academy and Rated, or not Rated, RKO, uh, 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 the Alpha Academy and RK Bro. I, I don't know if you're enjoying this. I'm not. It. it oh my gosh. I mean, so, uh, and we will talk about this next week. But I did watch this past, or well, this this Monday's Raw, and they were doing a quiz bowl, and it took fifteen bleeping minutes. They took the first 15 minutes of Monday Night Raw to have a quiz bowl. I'm just, I'm like, are you kidding? So they've had a spelling bee. They've had a quiz bowl. They've had a scooter race. And I'm thinking, okay. Okay. Look, if you're not going to do the whole American Alpha thing, obviously because, you know, they they probably have said, yeah, we've kind of put that 
you know, put that away. Okay, fine. That's fine. You want to do Alpha Academy. Uh, okay, that's that's fine. But Chad Gable deserves better than this. Okay, he's doing better than when he was Shorty G. But Chad Gable is still a bit of a punchline. Um, and, and poor Otis. Oh, my gosh. This guy is a beast, and I mean that in a good way. This guy is incredible for what he can do. And I think that, um, you know, he he really, you know, he he's really grown into his own. Um, but, boy, I... Uh, it's cringe. <laughs> to me, to me, it's cringe. I, I just, I don't, I don't get what they're doing. But anyway, um, Alexa Bliss uh, is amazing. She's showing why she is the reigning, defending, undisputed woman of the year in WWE. Because, I mean, her, her, her therapy sessions Again, air quotes, therapy sessions uh, are, are, are just, I mean, that's, that's how you, you make, you know, make a, a you know, a, you know, a bit of writing your own, you know, and just how uh, she interacts with this guy and, you know, the whole Lily thing and, you know, all that, it's, Amazing. Love, love Lexa Bliss. And I think she could have a really good run uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, finally, uh, AJ um, Styles and Rey Mysterio uh, fought for a, a spot in the Elimination Chamber. AJ won. It was a heck of a match. Early contestant for match of the year in my book. Uh, best of WCW and, and WWE versus the best of New Japan and Impact in the same ring at the same time, which is insane to me. And they were pulling out all the stops. They were, they were, I mean, it was nonstop action. It was, it was brilliant. And the crowd couldn't have cared less. The crowd could not have cared less. It was a bunch of, like, yay, oh, yay, oh. You know, and it, it wasn't sustained. And so, um, I don't know how you jazz up that match, you know, other than saying, hey, this, you know, these are the two, you know, the greatest wrestlers of all time, and they're fighting for a shot at the Elimination Chamber. If there was some story behind it, there was some long-standing story of like, you know, hey, we just missed each other, you know, you were here, and I was here, and then I was here, and you were there, and you know, all that, that's a story. But 
what we got was not not a story. Um, so anyways, that's Raw. Uh, NXT, you had Imperium with Walter. I, I'm sorry, I'm always going to call him Walter. Uh, coming out with, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, Bertel and, uh, Eichner, um, and they, they did this weird, just looking up, you know, uh, angle, camera angle, and I'm thinking, you don't need to make this guy look bigger than what he is, he's legitimately a big guy, He's Walter is legitimately a bad a, and 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 as good as advertised. You don't need to have him uh, with all these weird, you know, camera angles and try to make him look big. And uh, no, he he's already big. So let's. Mm, so that was that was kind of frustrating. I dig. Um, Surrey's transformation from, you know, schoolgirl to base, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know, superhero-ish, um, you know, going, going through the fog and, you know, um, you know, the transformation, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. It's brilliant. I love the transformation. And Saray, I think her road to I guess redemption starts now. And I, I, I think she is amazing. Cameron Grimes looks like a new man. Holy smokes. <laughs> Cameron Grimes looks like a brand new guy. And I'm like, oh jeez. You know, so I I'm digging. I'm digging Cameron Grimes. I've been a I've been big on him for a while. I dig Cameron Grimes and, and what he's all about. Um moving on to uh NXT uh UK. Well before we do that, um uh, next week I will uh, go through the Dusty Rhodes uh, classic, um, and you know I'll I'll uh, tell you about you know how everything has been progressing in that tournament. But uh, we move uh, very quickly to uh, NXT UK. Um, Mako Satomara versus Blair Davenport was lit. Holy smokes! It was, it was back and forth. It was, it was back and forth. And I, I saw what happened, but, you know, um, so, uh, the end was, and Blair, uh, had, uh, Mako on, uh, the, uh, the apron, and she was going to do like I I guess you know a, you know a double stomp, um, and I guess she just landed wrong, and 
uh, it looked like she, uh, you know, either twisted or, or, or rolled her ankle. Um, it was it was tough to watch. It was really really tough to watch, and I think I could be wrong, but I think that was a legit injury. Um, so, well wishes to Blair Davenport. Hope uh, she gets better, and uh, I would love to see that matchup again. Uh, finally, on SmackDown, uh, the aforementioned Paul Heyman, he's just so good. He's so good at what he does. I mean, he 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 tells a story. He goes in and he really draws you in. You know, you may not like the guy, but you have to listen to him because he's just that charismatic, you know. Um, and WWE is just leaning hard. <laughs> Big bold capital letters. They are leaning hard into this title versus title match at uh, WrestleMania. So I'll say what happens. And then finally is official Ronda versus Charlotte. We've talked about that. So that is uh, this week's show. Uh, very grateful for everybody again. And just like Beatles sang all those many, many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.